Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say... Goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters, and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what? I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic. Whether it's winter or or summer, they've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer. And I'm Dori Shafrir. And we're not experts. No, we are not. But, but. We're two friends. Oh, yes. What? We are two friends know. who like to Why talk a lot about that? theorems. Why did I get that wrong? I, I don't know. Sometimes it just happens. <laughs> We've been doing this show for three years. We have. It's I- true. We've been saying this intro for three years and I somehow messed it up. You know, it, it is still weird when you're not like directly across from me. Like, you know, it's true. And I did. And I did pause. Listeners, look, we're still working on this podcast. We are we are a forever work in progress. It's true. But that's how we like ourselves. Hey, speak for yourself. Okay, that's fair. I like myself as a work in progress. Dory like to be a finished business. I do, but I'm not. That's the thing. No. So I'm just in this perpetual cycle of self-loathing. 
Oh, what a way to kick off 2021. Hello, 2021. Well, listen, uh, if you're new here, you can always visit our website, forever35podcast.com, where we share links to everything we mentioned on our show. You can follow us on Twitter, at forever35pod, and on Instagram, at forever35podcast. Or you can find us on Facebook, where we have a large Facebook group, Forever 35 Facebook, Password is Serums. And I just want to mention, we have a new member of the Forever 35 podcast team, Sarah, who is managing our Instagram. And boy, does it look better than it ever has. Yeah, I loved all the people who were like, I noticed things had changed. (laughs) (laughs) And it had been like a day. I know. She really, she really hit the ground running. What can I say? Yes, we're so excited to have her on board, especially because you know you really, you really feel your your Gen X ness when it comes, or at least I do, on the old Instagram. Yeah, where I'm like, I don't know, I don't know if I'm going to ever figure out how to make something look nice in Canva. Totally. Oh, I feel you on that. We're thrilled. Do we're thrilled to have her. and, you know, I also want to mention, Dory, if you would like to chat with us, you can leave us a voicemail or send us a text message at 781-591-0390. You can also email us at forever35podcast at gmail.com. And you're also welcome to send us a voice memo to our email address if that feels like a more comfortable experience for you. We are just all about the comfortable experiences today. That's, you know what? That might be a nice focus for 2021. Either pursuing or helping other people attain comfortable experiences. Well, you know, I think that's actually a good segue into talking about what you've been up to. Okay. Look, I might have gone a little bit, a little bit overboard with my intentional behavior for 2021 because I, you know, I took a Peloton spin class with Forever 35 guest, Tunde Oyanane, and she was talking about creating a mission statement for herself. And I was like, huh, that's an interesting activity. Then I made a mission statement for myself. Yeah, 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 okay. And then I made checklists, daily checklists, weekly checklists, monthly checklists, and a yearly checklist for things I want to do to honor my mission statement. Okay, this is a lot. <laughs> wow. It is. It's a lot. It's a lot. And I was like, I have no expectations going to 2021. I'm not going to set myself up with goals. Like, I'm just going to try to survive. And like, like, what's the point of doing any of this? And then one day I was like, I've got to make a checklist. So what is your mission statement? Okay. My 2021 mission statement is I take care of myself so that I can take care of others. I treat myself and others with compassion and kindness. That's great. Thank you, Dory. What a great mission statement. You're all welcome to borrow it. It's it's probably so how, like it's not very original, but it is how mine. are you how are you manifesting this? Okay. Do you want to hear my checklist for each day? For each yes. Thing? Okay. I want to hear everything. These are just kind of things I want to do to cultivate care for myself. Okay, daily. Read for 20 minutes, move my body, breath work or meditation, eat a vegetable, get seven hours of sleep minimum, gratitude, water, write. This is my job, but also it must be a daily practice with zero word count goals. Wow. Okay. Okay. There's there's daily. There's daily. Yoga, journal, scrub down. 
Okay. 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 Monthly. Hike. Volunteer. Be of service to my community. Family experience or activity. Love it. Okay. Okay. Now, all of these are like COVID safe. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, yes, gonna, yes. Of course. Of course. I'm going to do them within the restrictions of what we're operating with. Here. Right. Yes, yes, yes. Yearly. Travel somewhere new. See family. Experience the outdoors. Trip with friends. I'm really into this for you. Now, that means like every for my weekly goals, I try to do them once a week. For my monthly goals, I try to do those at least once a month. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. For my- uh-huh. uh-huh. But with no expectations, you know, I'm going gentle on myself. This might not work, but it was just kind of fun to put together. And I, yesterday, activated one of my weekly goals, which was scrub down day. Mm-hmm. I take no credit for this. Listeners suggested it. They sent us their like very intense scrub down rituals. Yes, this was this was an iconic email. Well, I... I followed it. I like went back into our email. I found the email. I read it. And then I was like, well, activate scrub day. And <laughs> scrub day, activate. <laughs> Thundercats. Like I put the <laughs> signal in the sky. <sighs> and I had a scrub down and it was freaking delightful. Okay. Take us on this journey, as you like to say. <laughs> okay. Well, look. I said to my partner, I said, you put our kids to bed tonight, please. And he was like, okay, cool. And then I locked myself in our bedroom. We have a very big tub that I don't use often. Person who owned our home prior to us put in a big tub. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to put this tub to the test. Yes. So I dry brushed my body with my Esker dry brush. Then I soaked in the tub for 10. Here's the thing. I didn't want this to be like a five hour affair. I wanted to be an efficient scrubber. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like I don't have I have other things to do. Uh so while I got in the tub, I did a face mask, an enzyme face mask, and I got in the tub and I soaked for about 10 minutes with these uh bath salts from milk and honey. Okay, um, okay. And then once I was done soaking, I literally set an alarm, I put a face cloth over my eyes and I just like soaked and chilled out for about 10 minutes. Then I washed off the face mask, then I scrubbed my entire body down with herbivores cocoa rose body scrub which i had never used before and i i had some and it was delish really liked it okay. i haven't like i haven't like totally jived with any of herbivores products before but this is probably my favorite of all the things of theirs that i've tried then dory i got out my scrub gloves that i received from olympic day spa here in los angeles a fantastic korean spa here in la that i i Cannot wait to get back to someday. And I scrubbed every part of my body. Amazing. I scrubbed my feet. I scrubbed my armpits. I scrubbed my boobs. I scrubbed like the side, the side butt. I scrubbed the under butt. I scrubbed the all underbutt. I scrubbed all parts of the butt. I just I tried to scrub as much as I could. I feel like I got most of my body aside from like the weird center of my back that I physically cannot reach. And then after I scrubbed, I rinsed all that off. I covered myself in body oil. Then I lotioned my hands and my feet. I shoved my feet into socks. I put on my pajamas. And while I was doing this, I played a a Spotify playlist called Massage. Amazing. That was like real Zen, you know, massage music that one might hear in a spa. It took about 30 minutes from like start to finish. And I felt great. Like my skin felt wonderful. I felt rejuvenated. 
I'm really glad I did it. I like, and, and you know, I was thinking sometimes I feel so overwhelmed with like what to do to feel better. Like, here's all these self care things we can do. I mean, I know I just read off a giant checklist, so I know I'm contributing to the problem, but sometimes I feel so overloaded with information that I never actually execute any of it. And so it was nice to like mm-hmm. put this into action and just do it. And I really enjoyed the process and the outcome. So, so there we go. I'm starting 2021 off with a freshly scrubbed bod. Yeah. How did you, what was the aftermath like? Oh, I got in a bed. Like I just, I kind of was like, it was like a great wind down to my evening and my skin, yeah. my skin felt really good. You know, it didn't feel like as good as if I had gone to like a professional scrubber, but look, I'm home. I've got the tools. I've got, I've got a tub. And I don't even think you need a tub. I think you could do this, you know, in the shower or just standing in your bathroom and, and kind of rinsing and I don't know, the sink. I think, I think it could be done anywhere, but yeah. Oh, this it, is great. It felt really good and I felt really relaxed and like also just trying to like glide into bed as opposed to like my usual bedtime habits of like staring at Instagram until one in the morning. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so anyway. That's that's how I'm starting the year. Will will I maintain any of this? I don't know, but I'm not going to make myself feel bad if I don't. I agree that resolutions are kind of like a setup for failure, so I'm just I just like to use this time to kind of recalibrate. Yeah, and you know what? If you don't set out to do those things, then you almost definitely won't do them. Yeah, so like why not try? Yeah. Now I on the other hand am not trying to do those things but you're doing other things yeah but the thought of making a checklist and a and a whole thing was very overwhelming i i try so a few years ago former forever 35 guest danielle henderson used to have this thing called the uber list where you just kind of made this like huge list of like different things you wanted to do during the year and i actually found it to be very um inspiring and motivating and so the other night I sat down and I was like, in my in bed and I was like, okay, maybe I'll just make a list of some things. Like maybe it'll just be really simple, like books I want to read or TV shows I want to watch. And maybe, you know, things, family and friend related things I want to do. And I like wrote out the categories. And then I was like, uh, <laughs> and I wrote nothing down. <laughs> literally not one thing. And then I just like quietly closed my journal and I was like, okay, well, (laughs) moving on. (laughs) But that's good. I feel like you did that practice to know like you don't need to set yourself up in that way. That's too much right now. It is too much right now, Kate. It is. And I guess you know what? I am all about like getting rid of things in my life right now. And so I think that even just the thought of like adding stuff Mm. to my mental load, even if it's something as like straightforward as watch this TV show just feels like too much. I, what I hear Dory is you really, really honoring who you are (laughs) and where you are right now. I do. You, you honestly should be like, a coach. <laughs> I'm serious. Okay, go on. 
like a life coach, because what I'm hearing from you is that you're really good at hearing what other people are saying. You know what is really annoying is that this is not the first time I've dropped what I'm hearing on you. I feel like you called me out over. I know, I did, I did. Well, I also think like sometimes the things we like we're saying to ourselves, like we say out loud other they mean one thing to us and other people hear them differently right yes and you know that was really that was really highlighted for me when i had you and another friend read my manuscript Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because i was like kate this is trash yeah and then you read it and you were like this is not trash (laughs) Like I think you need to slow your roll on the way you're talking about what you've written here. Yeah, and that was that was really important and valuable for me, and I was very grateful for it. Not just because you liked it, duh, but also because you took the time to read it and you had such thoughtful comments. And oh. but also it was like just a good a good example of what you're saying. That sometimes it helps to have someone else give you a little reframe. I'm proud of you, Dory. Thank you, Kate. Thank you so much. Um, So, yeah. So, that was was really nice to get that feedback. And, you know, I know I've I've been talking about this book for so long, but it really is almost done. And it's actually coming out at the end of June, so it really needs to be almost done. You have to, you have to sell it. it has to come out. <laughs> I have to, I have to, I have to turn it in. It um, but yeah, so the oh, the other thing that I was alluding to just a few minutes ago was that I'm in this very big decluttering phase. Hmm. I wonder what that's about. New year, new you. <laughs> I don't know. It just, I've, I've been feeling this way for a while. Like I just, I have all this stuff that is not serving me and I need to just let it go, especially with clothes. Like if there's just clothes that you're, that you think like, Oh, this, I like this dress. It's so pretty. But like every time you put it on, you're like, I don't like how I look in this or like this dress doesn't make me feel good. Then like, why do I still own this dress? These are the yeah. questions that I asked myself as I went through my wardrobe. So I sold a bunch of stuff in a local, like, you know, local group to a local selling buy sell trade group. And that was a good experience. And now I'm just, I'm just continuing. And if I don't, the stuff that I don't sell, I will donate or give away. I'm also in a buy nothing group in my neighborhood. So, and I ask a question. Yes. You've gone through big purges before. Is this new stuff that you acquired after kind of, uh, depositing clothes that you no longer wanted or did you just do you just have a ton of stuff that you are making your way through so i think it's a mix of both although i have not bought that much since the pandemic started so like some of this stuff is actually stuff that i would say i bought in like the six months before the pandemic started and that 
now I'm just like, you know what? I I do not ever want to wear this again. Yeah. Yeah. Um or like shoes, for example. Like I haven't worn uncomfortable shoes in so long because I don't have to. And so I'm trying to get rid of shoes that I'm just like, no, I'm not going to wear these shoes again. Why would I do that to myself? Like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And letting, and letting go of clothes that maybe don't hold positive, like, yes, that you aren't, that don't feel good, that don't make you feel good. I think that's powerful. I'm excited for you to do this. Thank you, Kate. So, yeah, so I've been doing that and also getting rid of, you know, Henry's old clothes, a lot of which I just give away, but um, some of them I've sold and that's, that's good. Make a little bit of money from there. And I'm also, I'm simultaneously trying to learn a little bit more about investing. Oh, ho, ho. And so, you know, just like I have, I have retirement I have a 401k and I have a little bit of money in a, uh, an index fund. Um, but just trying to like educate myself a little bit more and yes. And I asked, I asked about investing in the forever 35 money group and I got some great advice and things to like look into. So I'm going to, just trying to kind of teach myself and using some of the money that I made from selling my shit to invest. I like which this. is kind of which is kind of fun. And like, yes, it's, I'm fortunate to be in a position where I don't have to use the money I made from selling my stuff to like pay my bills. Yeah, so I'm grateful are. that I, you know, that I'm in that position. Um, and it's not like this is money that I'm just like throwing to the wind. Like I want to make a good investment, but I'm also like, okay, I can kind of, I can use this money because it's not a, it's not a ton of money. Um, I can use this money to maybe buy a stock that I would not have necessarily bought before because I feel like I'm typically very conservative. Listen, stock market Dory for 2021 is a, it's not a, thing I saw happening. So I'm very curious about how this is going to pan out. I mean, look, the other thing is that everyone is saying that the stock market's in a bubble and we're heading for a big crash. So like, this is probably the worst time to be getting into the stock market. But, you know. Listen, you can only live in the moment here, Dory. Exactly. And like, you know, no one should take this as uh, investment advice (laughs) for themselves. I just want to put that disclaimer out there. Yeah, we are definitely not experts about <laughs> investing. No, no, we are not. No, no, no. We no are there not. are plenty of other podcasts about that where you should get it's your true. investment advice. Yep. Well, this is all very exciting for the new year. What if we turned into one of those like passive income podcasts? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be amazing for us because I meant we finally learned how to handle our finances properly. Totally. We wouldn't have to do anything because it would be passive income. Oh my God, that would be amazing. I don't, I don't see that in our future. But I don't either. Oh, well. Well, Dory, listen, when we get back from our little ad break that we're about to take, we are talking to Allure Editor-in-Chief and host of the Science of Beauty podcast, Michelle Lee. This is... I mean, look, I love all our guests, but this interview was very special. It was really fun. Michelle is so cool, so smart, 
just, I want to be her. I want to be friends with her. I want everything. She's, she's so great. So, and did she come with some prod recommendations? Oh, yes, she did. All right. So let's, let's take a break. I'm going to, I'm going to hydrate my nostrils with my saline nasal spray, as previously mentioned on another episode, and we'll be right back. All right, BRB. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Super Power Short. The Super Power Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get okay, into it. Hey, do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say like I I I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires and just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, "Oh god, like get this off of me." <laughs> No, thank once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it like, could be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast, but I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year, I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like, I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in 
women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with glorious Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss, or Think Like a Boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually... Actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince. But it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie. Also from Quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. It, it, like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I, I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from thirty dollars. You got washable silk tops, really stunning fourteen karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35.
Our guest today is Michelle Lee, the editor-in-chief of Allure. Since assuming the role in 2015, she has been committed to championing diversity and expanding the definition of beauty. She was named Adweek's 2017 Editor of the Year, while Allure won Adweek's Magazine of the Year. And prior to joining Allure, she was editor-in-chief and chief marketing officer at Nylon, where she was in charge of editorial content, as well as the ideation and execution of native advertising. Prior to her tenure at Nylon, Uh, Michelle was the Chief Content and Strategy Officer at Magnified Media, a branded content agency for digital and print, and she was part of the launch teams for Us Weekly and the Daily Front Row, as well as Cosmo Girl, and has held senior staff positions at Mademoiselle and Glamour, and we are just so, so thrilled to welcome Michelle to Forever 35. Hi, ladies. I'm so excited to be here. I'm a huge fan. We are are pumped. It's mutual. We're, we're so thrilled to have you. Um, well, as you know, because you listen to the show, we do like to start off talking to guests about a self-care routine that is kind of just bringing them some peace, comfort, joy in this in this time right now. So what is that for you? Yeah, it's such a good question. I wish that I took more time for self-care, but I mentioned to you before we started, I have a nine-month-old baby. So I've been very short on sleep and short on time in general. Um, but do you know, do you both know what SLT is or have you heard of mm-hmm. Legree? Yes. Okay. So it's basically, it's like an extreme version of Pilates. And so pre-baby, pre-everything, I love to go to SLT in person. And so it's really hard because the machines that you use are like this very special machine. That's like, it was created by this guy named Sebastian Legree and they're very expensive there. I think when you buy the in-studio ones, like there's a reason they're in the studio, they're like 10 or $15,000 or something, not something that you would necessarily have at home. So when lockdown happened, a publicist reached out to me and she knew that I loved SLT. And she said, Hey, we're actually making um, an at-home version of the machine. So there's this Legree, it's called like the microformer or something. So I have one now. Wow. And so it's so exciting. And it's like, it's one of those things where it just makes me happy because I hate exercising. <laughs> so <laughs> it was the one thing I actually really enjoyed doing. And the fact that I couldn't go somewhere to do it was really kind of killing me. So I'm really enjoying that. Um, it's something where, because it's not so, so, I, I, like I hate running, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I'm definitely not a runner. So I love doing something where it is a little bit like yoga. Like I feel like I can get in a little bit of a meditative trance in it, um, but it does feel like I'm doing something good for myself. So that that's really been my self-care lately. Do you have classes that you follow or you just kind of do your own routine? How does that work? So SLT started doing actual microformer classes, like they have virtual classes. So I did a couple of those, but to be honest with you, because my time is so limited, it's more that once you know how to do some of the moves, you can kind of go off and do it on your own. So it's more that I'll find five minutes here, five minutes there. I literally like run upstairs. It's in my bedroom. I run upstairs and I'll do five minutes, run back down, do a zoom meeting, run back upstairs, do like a little bit more. And so it's more that I find time doing it whenever I can. Because in addition to having a nine-month-old and a full-time job, you also have two other children. You have a full house, a full life, full slate. Oh, yes. Yeah. So my other two are much older, though. So my oldest is 15 and my middle one is 12. Wow. And so they're, they have such different lives now because they're both doing virtual school at the moment. And they're pretty self-sufficient. At the same time, it is a lot, though. I mean, it's definitely it's a juggling act. 
Yeah, I I actually wanted to, since you brought up your youngest child, I wanted to talk to you about um, getting pregnant at age 44 with your third kid, um, 11 years after the birth of your next oldest child. And so you had your daughter, Zoe, in February. Congratulations. Thank Um, you. So what has it been like kind of this time around being, you know, an older mom? I had my first kid at 41, so I'm kind of familiar with that feeling of being like older than the other moms of babies. Um, But since you had done it before, like, I'm just wondering, how does it feel different this time? It's so different. (laughs) It's so different from pregnancy, first of Mm. all. Um, In some ways, it was harder. Some ways it was easier. It's harder because in my 40s, I'm more tired. I think because I, I do have so much more to juggle at this point. But it was easier in that I knew what to expect. The Mm -hmm. first time around 15, 16 years ago, I had no idea what I was doing. And so everything is a shock to you. Like the idea of childbirth was so terrifying to me the first time around. Now I was like, whatever, (laughs) it's like (laughs) pop the kid out. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, this time around, it was harder getting pregnant though. Um, I haven't, so maybe I'm like revealing some some news here. I haven't been like fully open yet because I was still thinking about how I want to do it, but I did IVF um, Mm -hmm. this time around. And so- it was really interesting because when I was going through that process, I knew it was hard, but I didn't realize how hard, you know, you hear all of the talk about the injections and like going to appointments and stuff, but when you're in it, it's a lot. And yeah. so more power to anyone who goes through that. It is really a roller coaster ride. I cried many nights giving myself those injections because after a while, I'm not squeamish around needles, but when you have like big like welts on you from like just sticking yourself so many times, it hurts. And so I remember my husband and our kids were um, away for a little bit and I had to come back because I had to go to work. And so I was like, I had this one low moment where I was like injecting myself and just remember like just sitting there by myself crying. And I was like, oh God, this is really pathetic. But now I look at at my daughter, Zoe, and she's so sweet and she's so cute and everything becomes totally worth it. And, you know, moms always talk about after pregnancy and after childbirth, you tend to have kind of pregnancy amnesia. Mm-hmm. And I have horrible morning sickness. Like with every pregnancy, I had the worst nausea. Like I would throw up all the time, lost a huge amount of weight in all my pregnancies in like the first trimester just from throwing up all the time. And the funny thing is though, once the baby comes out and you just love that kid so much, you kind of forget about all of it. Um, I think this time around the, okay. So the funny thing is when I found out I was pregnant, I didn't believe it because I was like, no way at 44, like the chances of me getting pregnant, even with IVF were super low. Like if you looked on all sorts of charts and stuff, it was super low. And so when I found out I was pregnant and I announced it on Facebook, which I hardly go on Facebook, but I decided to, since I have all my, my family there, um, that same week, one of my high school classmates announced that he was becoming a grandfather. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my yeah. God. So all during like my fertility treatments and everything, the nurses and doctors would always refer to me as, um, you know, the patient of advanced age, advanced <laughs> age. And so you just become very aware of your age going through it. And it's, it's definitely a real thing. It's such a reality check. I also did IVF um, to have my son for about two and a half years. So your description of the needles. And I remember one time my husband was out of town and I was doing progesterone shots, which are, you know, with the super long needle and you have to kind of like contort yourself to 
you know, get it in. And I bent the needle and there was blood and it was just like this horrible thing. And I was just like, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> what yeah. is happening? You're right. I know. We were, we were so lucky because it, it worked on the first try, like our That's first amazing. round. I know so many other people though, who've gone through multiple rounds and I'm like, it's so much. It's so much. It's like taxing physically, mentally, emotionally, financially. Like it's just, it's a lot. So yeah. um, I will say now though, I know so much more about my, my own fertility than I ever knew before. And so I come across a lot of women who are in their thirties and stuff. And so a lot of people have started asking me questions. And so if anyone's even on the fence about having kids, I try and not encourage them, but I, I I'm very pro freeze your eggs. Because Mm. it's something that I wish I did. And so for me now at this age, like just knowing what I know about egg quality and stuff, it's like, why would you ever in my 30s? I never knew about this stuff because like, why would you ever have to know? Um, So now I feel like I've become sort of like the the freeze your eggs lady. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. I agree. And I agree that going through IVF made me learn things about my fertility that I was like, I should have known this, but I really didn't know. Like I, I had no idea. So well, I'm, I'm glad that everything worked out and, and you have a happy, healthy child. Um, but that did also lead to another question, which is people are constantly asking us about pregnancy skincare. Oh, yes. This is like a very frequent question that we get. I'm sure you get mm-hmm. it a lot as well. So I'm wondering what was your skincare routine while you were pregnant and how was your skin while you were pregnant? Yeah, my skin was pretty good this time around. I... In my previous pregnancies, I remember I had some acne in the first and second trimesters, um, partially because, again, having morning sickness, I think everything was just out of whack. Um, I think I wasn't eating properly. I think I was completely dehydrated also. So this time around, my skin was okay. I definitely, at a certain point, maybe like second and third trimester, did have that pregnancy glow that people talk about. And Mm -hmm. I was like, whoa, this is actually like a real thing. Um, I was pretty strict about what products I was using. So retinol, as we all know, is a big no-no during pregnancy. There's some dispute about which acids you can use. But for me, I was extra careful and I just said no acids. And obviously, I'm using the term acids pretty broadly because hyaluronic acid is an acid, but I used Mm -hmm. that. I'm talking more about um, like salicylic acid, glycolic. I think some people say that you can use glycolic, but I was kind of like, you know what? I'm not even going to risk it. Um, I didn't go the route of going all natural because I don't know about you guys, but I'm not a super all natural believer. Um, Mm -hmm. I actually am much more of a believer in clean skincare, whatever that means these days. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm not a believer that all natural necessarily means all good. Um, so yeah, I, I still did my layering that I normally do. Um, I would cleanse with like a gentle cleanser. Um, I still did use hyaluronic acid. Like I said, I used a lot of like Tatcha and drunk elephant type of products. Um, I did use some Tata Harper. Um, but yeah, I was pretty careful. And, and normally anyway, on my body, since I figure like that's the biggest area, yeah. I do try and keep things like pretty natural there. So I, I use a lot of just like natural body oils. Um, I'm really loving um, Cora Organics stuff for body as well. And so for, for, um, for pregnancy, like I was definitely keeping it pretty, pretty clean. Um, have you guys used the Mother products? No, um, it's, it's spelled M U T H a. And so I actually got those right when I was pregnant. And so even though I think it is targeted towards 
mothers and women when they're pregnant. I don't think it's exclusively for that category. It's very much like just skincare for everybody. They have this awesome, it's like a big tub of like a body butter, but it's, this sounds gross and I don't mean it sounds gross because it's actually awesome. It's sort of the consistency of like Crisco. Mm. <laughs> so you just like take your hand and like slather it all over. And especially for my belly around that time, it was mm. awesome. I don't think anything sounds gross to us. You need not worry <laughs> with this crowd. <laughs> True. We will literally spread actual Crisco on our bodies if it's going <laughs> nothing to, wrong with that. If it's going to hydrate, um, can we talk a little bit about uh, age and the and the the way it plays into beauty um, in our culturally, but also you know, working at Allure, you ban the term anti aging, and that's that's something that's come up a lot. Like people and the conversations we have, we'll talk about graceful aging, but that even still has a little bit of you know, connotation to it. So what led to that decision for you and how has it, it kind of impacted the way you talk to your staff and your readers about the process of aging? Yeah, that's been really interesting because I think of all the things in the past five years that I've been at Allure that we've done, that's been the thing that's come up a lot. Um, and, you know, for the most part, 99% of people have been like, Thank you so much for doing that because it did shine a light on the process of aging and how we look at it in the beauty world. I think there was the 1% that understandably kind of said, you know what though? It's just a word. What does it matter if we're using a word? To me, what it meant was it was making us explore a little bit more the language that we use and how that does actually influence how we feel about things. And it just made everyone say, okay, we really need to start thinking about aging and like how we're treating women past the age of 35 in the world of beauty and media and entertainment and advertising and everything else. And not to say that we were the ones who necessarily shifted the conversation completely, but I will say in the past couple of years, I have seen a great shift in advertising on the runway in other places of showing women with gray hair. There was a woman, um, I think in the Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition this year, who was over 60, I believe. Like there definitely has been this new movement now of people looking differently at age. Um, But going back, I guess, to when we did it, it actually came from, I don't know if you both know Phil Picardi, but Phil used to be our digital director. And so Phil used to be um, the editor of Teen Vogue and then also of Out Magazine. And so Phil used to work with us. And so at some point, you know, Phil was like 25 years old when he said this. So he was like one of the younger members of staff. He was like, why do we use this term anti-aging still? And it kind of stuck in my head. And then Jenny Bailly, who's our executive beauty director, in a totally separate conversation, we were talking to um, a skincare brand, I think. And she was like, yeah, you know, this term anti-aging, we don't say it. She's like, we all use it. We even had a vertical on our website that was anti-aging, but it's not like when you're talking to your friends that you're like, Hey, Kate and Dory, what's that new anti-aging product that you're using? We know so much more about skincare now that we say, what's the thing that you're using for your dark spots? Or what are you using for, I've got like these lines around my mouth. What should I be using? So I think because there's so much more education about skin and skin health, we're not talking about anti-aging in the same way. So as we started to dig into that concept, like, and how actually negative the term anti-aging is and how it makes us shame women specifically, because I could say it's women and men, but let's be honest, it's women. Um, We started to look at it so differently that it's like we use 
the term like antifungal. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like, we want to kill the fungus. Like, do we want to kill aging? No, aging should be something that's amazing. And, you know, in other cultures, like in Asian cultures, aging is something that is really revered. Mm-hmm. It's really only in like our Western cultures that, you know, we look at it in this terrible, terrible way. Um, it was great. And it was received so well. The thing that makes me so proud is I read something after that, that in the UK, someone had put forward a referendum to ban the term anti-aging in all of like the UK based on what we did. It didn't pass, but the fact that someone actually did that was so meaningful to me. When you were talking about Phil, that made me think of something that I've been wrestling with, which is, you know, we're, we're all in our forties. Um, and you, you said Phil was 25 when he you know, brought this up. And I'm wondering what you have seen from your sort of perch as the editor of Allure. What are some of the differences you're seeing in terms of how people in their 20s are viewing beauty and skincare versus how people in our generation have viewed it or older generations as well? Well, one, they talk about it so much more. Mm. <laughs> I don't remember... I don't remember really caring that much about skincare or knowing that much. I think now people yeah. are so knowledgeable yeah. about ingredients and what they should be using. And it, it really is amazing. And I will say there's so much less shame in that generation too. When we were that age to say that you were going to get Botox or something like you didn't talk about it. And now I feel like it's my younger staff members who, um, you know, if there was a doctor who was like, wanted to do liquid rhinoplasty, they'd be like, Ooh, I want to do that. You know what I mean? And it's like, there are people who just want to like try stuff mm-hmm. as opposed to, I feel like in my generation, people were kind of like, maybe you wanted to try it, but you wouldn't talk about it. Right. Yeah. And, and there's also such a different acceptance. I mean, Dorian, I still talk about like, I still feel embarrassed about my body hair, in a way that I don't see happening in younger generations behind us and I'm working on it, but it just, it just feels like there's been such a shift in um, accepting certain things that were formally, you know, if you had one pubic hair peeking out of your bikini, it was like the end of the world. Or if you menstruated and, and it leaked onto your clothes, it was horrible. And now there just seems to be a real shift in the upcoming generation about, um, acceptance of things that that we were not kind of trained to accept totally well it's like acne acceptance too yeah that it's not even just acne acceptance but now that there are products like starface where you're really accentuating like i have a pimple right now like i remember being a teenager and just wanting to crawl into a corner (laughs) when i had pimples and so now it's great i will say it's there, but because of social media, I think there's a little bit of everything too. Like I, mm-hmm. with my older kids, especially, I am a little nervous that it still does exist, that there is this impossible, like beauty, there, there's this impossible beauty goal for people to reach. And so part of that is from different filters. Part of it is from Facetune. And I, I think we're constantly just trying to show young people and my kids, especially that it's like, some things are still not totally real. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, I think we're also all kind of grappling that with that now as we are all zooming each other constantly and seeing ourselves reflected. It's like, we're just staring at a foggy mirror all day. And it's, it's a a little bit, um, I think it's kind of bringing a lot of those feelings back to the surface. Oh, completely. Like when have we ever stared at ourselves 
for this long. <laughs> oh my God. Like I kind of did my eyebrows really strangely today. So I'm staring at my eyebrows right now, like what is going on? <laughs> they look fine to us. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, they look great. <laughs> don't, don't zoom in on me. <laughs> Do you have tips for like looking your best on a zoom? Um, for looking your best on a zoom, I think everyone has their one or two products that they think make the biggest impact. For me, I have to do a cat eye because mm-hmm. otherwise I feel like my eyes kind of disappear. And so mascara and curling my lashes plus like eyeliner are sort of it. If that was the only thing I did, I would be totally happy. I don't think that's the same for everyone though. For other people, right. it could be like, if I only had one minute to get ready for a Zoom, what would I do? I think I would put on a really bright lip color because it would distract from everything else. So I've also, um, I'm very into like dewy skin. And so I keep a face mist nearby all the time. I think that's also really helpful because it's getting very dry here. Kate is obsessed with face mists. love a mist. (laughs) (laughs) I love a mist too. Talking about self-care, I feel like that's an easy just, it makes me feel good. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I've also gotten very into cream formulations for a lot of makeup now that we're home, just because I find it really Mm. easy, but it does like provide a kind of nice, like dewy look. Um, My desk as you can imagine, is like filled with beauty products. So I have, I just tried, I think these are new, the Chantecaille Cheek Gelée. They're Ooh. really nice because it's sort of, um, it's a little bit sheer too. As you could imagine with the name Gelée, it's sort mm-hmm. of like yes. a nice like gel formula. Um, but I'm loving stuff like that. And again, on a minimum, just to make myself look less dead sometimes. <laughs> I just need a little bit of color. So I love yeah. a multi-purpose product. And so something like that you can do on your cheeks, you can put it on your lips, you put it on your eyelids, and then good, you're done. Love it. These are the tips and tricks we need. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. You know? Uh, you know what's weird though? I at the beginning of lockdown. I was really into primarily skincare, as I think most people were. Like everyone got really into skincare. Um, Jenny, my my co-host for Science of Beauty podcast, and I did baby foot. Like we did all the things that like when you're home and you just yeah. like have time, you're like gonna do those things. Um, now I've gotten much more into makeup again though. I think mm. like that side of me where I just wanna play is coming yeah. out again, which I think is really fun. Uh, baby foot is the one thing I have not touched. That kind of terrifies me. I, I I wanted to talk a little bit about um, the the endless search for the perfect product or the ideal product. Um, do you have thoughts on this? Because I I do feel like I'm personally I'm constantly changing like the oil or the serum that's going to change my life. And how much do you think there is such a thing as an effective product that really will do that? And how much is it just really great marketing that one might be falling for again and again? It's a little bit of both. I think, is there a perfect product? I don't think so. But I think that for people who love beauty, that's maybe part of the fun of it is that Mm. you are always on the hunt for something great. If I found, and, and maybe there are different people out there who there is someone who, and I do know people like this, someone who's like, just tell me what to use. And that's like, I don't like for people who don't like to go shopping, right? When it comes to fashion, there are definitely people who love shopping. And then some people who are like, I just want someone to tell me what to wear. It's similar with beauty that there are people who are like, just tell me what to use. I don't want to look. And then other people like, like myself, I love the process of trying things. I love the process of hunting. 
Um, there's, I, after testing literally thousands and thousands of products, I will tell you there's no such thing as a perfect product because if there were, that'd be the only thing I use. Um, that being said, there are great products out there and there are great products based on um, tons of, I would say, dermatologist testimonials um, based on cosmetic chemists taking a look and saying like, this is the real deal. Mm-hmm. I think one of those is probably the SkinCeuticals CE and Ferulic that universally is kind of beloved. Mm-hmm. Um, I do use that one all the time, but beyond that, like, I think even sometimes just having a simple routine, like, you know, again, so many dermatologists like CeraVe, CeraVe, like use, just use something simple. Um, there is a lot of good marketing, I will say, but I think now, like when you were asking the question about our generation versus like the younger generation, I think this generation of products is actually better because there's more transparency now. Like in our generation, when you had like the super expensive, fancy skincare products, you didn't know what was in it. Like it was all just a mystery and you're supposed to believe this like beautiful fairy tale about why it works. Whereas now I feel like we have so much more information. Yeah. And like you said, consumers are so much better educated than we used to be. I mean, even if we had an ingredients list before, it's not like we would have known what any of the ingredients did. Yeah, exactly. Excuse me. Um, so I guess I'm wondering, you know, you, you mentioned SkinCeutical, SkinCeutical CE Ferulic. What does it take for a new product of the, of the thousands that you try? What does it take for something to like make its way into your regular routine? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it's different for skincare and for makeup. Um, I think for skincare, we really like to try things for quite a while and also understanding who it is, who's the founder like where this is coming from, Mm. understanding the science behind it. Um, But I also just, there are those things where beyond just the science, you have to just like it. (laughs) And so it's all those things of, it's like the stuff that you can't necessarily just read about. Like it is the the feel of it. It's the smell of it. It's the look of it even. Like I want to love the experience of putting something on and there's something about like the slip of the the moisturizer or whatever the fact that it's not going to pill under my makeup like there's so much stuff that you don't know until you actually use it and live with it for a while so um for me i have this giant medicine cabinet of stuff but there's probably i don't know maybe just one shelf of it that is in my constant regular rotation And how long do you think someone has to use something for before you can like tell if it works? Yeah, I think it's different for everything. Um, There will be some products that you're going to know right away, whether or not you love it. So for example, one of my favorites, I love the AHC emulsion. So it comes in like this big um, sort of like pump bottle and it's so huge, but like you kind of pump it out and it's sort of like a creamy gel, I guess. But the size of the bottle is so nice that I feel like I can just slather myself with it. And I have very dry skin. That's something where I put that on once. I liked the feel of it, the smell of it. And it just feels so juicy that I instantly felt like my skin was drinking it in. So I knew I'm like, okay, I love this product so much. For something like a retinol, though, you're going to need to use that for quite a while to see if it's doing anything. And I also, um, I was mentioning my funky brows today. I've been using Revita Brow something like that, obviously you need to give at least two months really to see what it's doing. So there are certain products that as we're testing, we just know like we've, we're, we're, we're in this for the long run. 
You're in a, a committed relationship. We're in a very committed relationship. <laughs> and then makeup is easier because makeup you either love right. it or you don't. Like I'm because I, I do a, a winged eyeliner pretty much almost every day. I am such a stickler and I've only maybe found three eyeliners in my life that I really like. And so, you know, there's, there's a lot of, in my opinion, there are a lot of bad ones out there. <laughs> what are, so what are the good ones? Yeah. yeah. What Give are, us what are the good ones. Okay, so my three, I use every day, I use two eyeliners on my eyes. So um, right on my lid part, I use the Tarte double take. And because I have to draw sort of a thicker line on my lid part because I have monolid eyes because I'm, I'm Chinese. And so actually the way my lids fold is they fold slightly under themselves. So if there's an eyeliner that I have that smudges or that's not waterproof, it is instant panda eyes. Like it is a total disaster. So I need something that's going to really stay. Um, and that creates a sort of like thicker line. So that's why I use that one on my lid. And then for my wing, I alternate between either the Mac brush stroke and brush black, which is great and super fine, awesome tip for drawing. Or I know this line has been somewhat problematic, although I don't think it is anymore because she's left. I'm, I've been using the KVD um, uh, tattoo liner. Well, we were hoping we could do a little bit of a lightning round of your favorite products. Yeah. Great. Okay. You've mentioned a few already, but, but we'll just kind of go through them and just quickly, whatever first comes to your mind. Okay. Yeah. Favorite serum. Oh God, that's so hard. <laughs> um, it's the SkinCeuticals. Like if, if I had to only use one serum, I would use the SkinCeuticals CE and Ferulic. Okay. Wow. Favorite cleanser. Favorite cleanser. Oh boy, I feel like I'm mentioning AHC a lot, but I have been using the AHC foaming cleanser because like I mentioned, I'm extremely dry. So I need something that's going to be hydrating. Okay. Favorite sunscreen. Ooh. Okay. That's like one of my favorite topics right now. So the Elta MD is really great. It's the tinted one. Um, but I also have to say Rihanna did a great job on her sunscreen. Ooh. Uh, I have it on my desk right here. I think it's called like visor or UV visor. I can't remember the name of it. It's really good though. It um, comes out more just like a light cream. So it absorbs really well, smells so nice and fresh. And so I wear sunscreen obviously in the morning, but I also have been reapplying every two hours too, which is why I keep it next to my desk. But I also really like, sorry, I know maybe you only wanted one recommendation, but no, I'm Super loving Group this. Also makes really good sunscreen. So this one, Glow Screen, because I'm a big dewy skin fan, mm. um, is really nice. It's very, very lightly tinted, um, but it's so nice and dewy. It almost comes out like a, like a golden highlighter, like a golden Ooh. liquid highlighter. Ooh, <laughs> awesome. Um, okay, favorite night cream. Favorite night cream. Okay, so I'm using two of them right now. And I'll give you a couple of different price points because I think it's okay. annoying to people if they're too expensive. So just one note, I obviously get everything sent to me from brands. So when I say things that are really expensive, I would buy it also, you know, like, so yes. I've been using um, Clay de Poe makes one of my favorite foundations and it's so expensive, but I would buy it because I okay. really love it so much. So um, Clay de Poe makes a very good night cream. Um, 
And also I've been using Amore Pacific also, which I can't remember the mm-hmm. name of it. It's like um, in sort of like a beige golden jug, like jar. Um, I'll, I'll have to send you guys the name of it later, but that one's really good. Okay. Favorite oh, and fav- also, I'm sorry. I was going to give nope. you another price point too. Great. Olay retinol is really good. Like I'm lifelong Olay supporter. My mom used to wear like the mm. oil of Olay, like the little pink bottle. And so I, because I understand like the science and everything behind like what they do, I'm a big believer in their products. So on like a drugstore level, if I were to use something, I would totally use the Olay retinol. Nice. Okay. All right. Favorite face oil. Use face oil. Okay. <laughs> so I've tried different That's oils. That's an answer. Like I, um, <laughs> yeah. I tried different oils. Year, I started years ago and they, I always broke out. Mm. And so I started using years ago, there was like a makeup, makeup artist who put some Sunday Riley on me and I broke out. Um, I've tried other ones through the years and I just, I don't know, my face does not respond well to them. Okay. That is fair enough. Um, body lotion. Okay, body lotion. You mentioned love, that mother one. That mother yes, one. Yeah, mother good. one is great. Um, it is definitely pretty thick. Um, Cora Organics makes really great body lotions. Um, Necessaire, I'm very into all their stuff. Like, I think because of lockdown, like um, with the pandemic, I've become much more of like a shower and bath person. So I love the Necessaire like body wash, but their lotion is also really good. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to get a little bit better about body because I, I, I talk about this all the time. We all spend so much time worried about the skin on our faces and then our yeah. bodies are sort of like the last thing that we care about. So I'm trying to be better at least about putting lotion on. So speaking of shower, favorite shampoo and conditioner. Yes. Okay. So, um, so I, I mentioned um, the Science of Beauty podcast. We did an episode on scalp recently. And that has changed my whole view about how I've been washing my hair. And so, you know, there's been this movement in the past couple of years of don't wash your hair for a really long time. Just use dry shampoo. I'm off the dry shampoo game because of my scalp. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm back on, I wash my hair maybe every other day. So my favorite shampoo that I had been using, because I was trying to do like clean beauty is AG Naturals has a really nice smelling and like nice, nice working shampoo and conditioner. Um, So I've used that quite a bit, but I've also been much more focused on scalp. So I've been using different scalp scrubs. I just used um, the Nexus one. Um, I was using the Briogeo one. I don't know if you guys have tried that Briogeo one. It smells sort of like minty. I'm obsessed with it. Yeah, it's really good, right? It smells a little bit like mint chocolate chip. (laughs) Okay. I said it sounds like Thin Mints on the podcast. (laughs) Totally. That is exactly it. That's exactly it. But it feels really nice because it like tingles on your scalp too. Yes. Um, I really like that. And my hair responds really well to deep conditioning masks. So I love mm. a deep conditioning mask. I won't do it all the time, but maybe a couple times a week. Um, Pantene rescue shots are amazing. Oh They're my gosh. Awesome. Super, super great. Love those. Um, Nature Lab Tokyo makes a really good one also for people who like um, clean beauty. And Amika. Amika, I think it's soul food, is, is also really good. Okay. Um, face tool. Ooh, face tool. Okay. Wait, let me think about this one. As face tool, do you count makeup brushes and stuff too? Or do you mean like skincare tool? I I guess I mean more like skincare tool. Okay. 
I would say if there was just one, the one that's made the biggest impact on my skin has been, I have this Environ Gold, it's called the Gold CIT Derma Roller. And so it's microneedling. And I had gotten professional microneedling using like the super deep derma pen. And so um, the person who did it recommended, okay, afterwards for um, just like to, for upkeep, you want to do this at home. And so she recommended like it's literally coated in 24 karat gold. And so, you know, you derma roll for a bit and then, you know, whatever. But it's like, that's been the tool that I think has made probably the most impact on my skin. That, and I will say, I am a fan of the new face. I just have a hard time doing it. <laughs> like, yeah, I just don't do I it all like the time. That's what everyone says. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, it's like, I, I know, right? Yeah, what is it one, about that? I don't know. Everyone's it's, like, it works if you, if you do it all the time, but like, no one does it all the time. I, I love it, but it's just the commitment of putting a gel on first that I think throws me. Yeah. yeah. It is the gel because do you wash off the gel after two? Yes. And I know they have like a serum-y one that you're not supposed to, but it's like, I just can't mentally not wash it off. Like I yeah. have to get it off. I agree. Because the actual process of doing it is fast. Yeah. It's yeah, really nice. not an investment in time. It is that gel. You're right. It's also so funny you brought up the derma roller just as a short detour because that was something I was going to ask you about <laughs> um, because I saw you mention it on some um, piece you had done about like your favorite beauty tools because I'm scared of derma rolling like it 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 intimidates me I guess yeah. um, um it's very different from when you get it in office okay. and so I am a huge huge proponent of in office microneedling and so again like every dermatologist who I've talked to like they're everyone pretty much is like a proponent of like the derma pen or like the other tools that they use in office because you really do get in deep. And I don't know if either of you have had laser treatments before, but it's essentially kind of a similar, similar, not a similar process, but it's a similar science behind it. And it's that you are creating these like little micro injuries in your skin. So that then the collagen is, is developing. Um, I definitely, my skin after having the in office one, was amazing. Like I yeah. was so glowy and just plump for weeks after months after whatever. That being said, I haven't gone back though, because mm. it is kind of painful. <laughs> um, I do want to do it at some point again though. Okay, cool. Um, all right. Last couple questions about makeup. You already mentioned your favorite eyeliner, but what is your favorite mascara? Ooh, okay. So I always say that mascara is one of the most personal makeup items hmm. because my lashes are very straight and very short. What I need for my lashes is not necessarily what everyone else needs. So I think for other, I find for other like Asian girls who've got short, straight lashes, we're always like, oh, what do you use? What do you use? And we tend to like the same things. But then in my office, let's say, I'll be talking about mascaras and everyone's like, oh no, I didn't like that one. So I say this because my recommendations might not work for everybody. My biggest concern with my lashes are I need a mascara that's going to hold a curl. So if I curl my lashes, the mascara sometimes is so heavy and so wet that it just takes the curl right down. And then my lashes are sticking straight into my eyes. So mm. I need something that's going to like really hold it. And what holds it is waterproof mascara. Mm. So good tip for anyone out there who needs something to hold a curl, always go for the waterproof. Um, my favorites are actually drugstore. I've been so impressed with drugstore mascara lately. Um, the one I'm using right now is CoverGirl Lash Blast. 
Mm-hmm. I always like forget the names of things. I think it's CoverGirl Lash Blast wa- Waterproof. It's like in the bright orange tube. And then also Maybelline obviously makes some really good ones. Um, Total Temptation Waterproof is one of the ones that I love there. And then also their whole Falsies line. It's like the Falsies, they used to have one that was like the Falsies Flared Waterproof, but I think pretty much all the Falsies line is really good. Okay. And last lightning round question, uh, lipstick or lip gloss? Lip gloss. (laughs) (laughs) Although, like I said, I am... I'm flexing a little bit more and trying to do more makeup makeup because I am having Mm -hmm. fun with it. But I love a tinted balm right Mm -hmm. now. That's my favorite thing. If I, if I just were to wear one thing, um, the honest beauty tinted lip balms are fantastic. Um, Cannot say enough wonderful things about them. Like I said, I try so many other things, but those are the ones that stay in my makeup bag. Okay. Hot tip. I've never tried those. Yeah. Oh, I've got a lot of shopping to do today. I feel Seriously? Like going to come back with so many derma rollers. Um, well, you know, Michelle, we, we set up our podcast by saying that we are not experts, but you are an expert about beauty and your new podcast is really wonderful. It's the science of beauty and you really deep dive with a single topic on each episode. And you talk to other experts kind of about a really, a really well-rounded look at the practices, the science, the history. Um, and, and what made you decide to do a podcast, especially because you, you, your job is working in beauty. Um, I'd love to know why you decided to kind of explore it more this way. Yeah. And what other topics are you setting up to tackle next on your show? Yep. So um, great questions. Um, with podcasts, we actually, a couple of years ago, had launched in a really small way, the Allure podcast. And this was just me in my office with a microphone <laughs> and like a guest. And so we started to see though that, I mean, as you guys know, the audience for podcasts is so awesome because it is so intimate that when yeah. I listen to podcasts, I feel like I know the hosts. And you can't have that long form discussion with people and feel like you're in literally in their heads because you're in their ears. And so I've always just from a listener perspective, loved audio. Um, So for us to lean into audio, I think totally made sense. And then for us to go into the science aspect of it, um, like I mentioned, I've been at Allure for five years. And when I started, so many people were like, how are you going to compete with YouTube and all the influencers? And I was like, we're so different. And I think there's room for all of us. What we do at Allure, you know, we can all individually be personalities and talk about the stuff that we like. But I think as a collective, we also are so fully versed and trained in the science of ingredients. And people don't realize sometimes how scientific beauty actually is. Yeah. So yeah. We, we've talked about it for a while as far as really wanting to lean into the science to show this is how we're different. Like we, people think of beauty sometimes as being just like this fluffy, meaningless thing. And it's not, certainly there is this aspect of, I love playing with glitter and I love playing with makeup and stuff. And that's all super fun. But what we do too, is understanding the science behind sunscreen, the science behind lasers, which is so complex and scientific. And so it's been really fun and really illuminating, I think for, for Jenny and I, um, my host, because we thought we knew a lot about beauty, but when you really dive in deep, we talked to Dr. Jean Carruthers, who was basically the, the modern founder of Botox. Like she was the one who discovered, um, the skin smoothing properties of Botox. 
when you talk to someone who is that knowledgeable about on a molecular level, what is actually happening, it is so fascinating. But I also think it's made us both change our beauty routines too. Mm -hmm. That when I've heard about, like I said, with scalp, you know, I was not treating my scalp in the right way at all. When, um, we talked to a trichologist who is a scalp expert. And so we all kind of know this, that you're not supposed to put conditioner anywhere on your head besides on the ends. But I don't always do that. Sometimes I just take a handful and I stick it on like the back of my head and let the water yes. run down it. Yes. That's not good for your scalp. And so when he explained, you know, if you're putting conditioner on your scalp, you're basically mucking it up. And sometimes when we get like the flakes and stuff, it's because we have basically clogged a lot of like the follicles there. Um, Jenny actually took like a microscope and we took pictures of her scalp and just to see like microscopic pictures and video of her scalp. And like, he was able to point out, okay, well, right here where you've got a little bit of clogging, that's And so I, in the process of recording all these episodes, I've, I've learned so much. That's so cool. Wow. And that's amazing. I mean, I do also appreciate the fact that you're, you can always be learning even as the editor in chief of one of the biggest beauty magazines in the world, you know, you're, you're, there's always more to, to learn. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's so many people out there who work in beauty who are incredibly smart Um, for also another episode we did on curls. There was a cosmetic chemist who we talked to who said your hair before it comes out of your head is liquid. Whoa. And we were were like, I'm sorry, what? And it's stuff like that where yes, we're trained in the science and everything, but like, I never thought about it as that. (laughs) Totally. Um, well, Michelle, I feel like we could, I mean, I know I could talk to you for another like three hours, but I guess we'll let you go. Yeah. <laughs> this was so much fun. We had so Thank much fun you, talking so to you. So much fun. Yeah. Um, everyone listen to the science of beauty, read Allure magazine. Michelle, where else can people find you if they want to kind of follow your skincare and beauty adventures? Yeah. You can follow me on pretty much all the social handles at Hey Michelle Lee. Um, and yeah, definitely listen to the science of beauty. It's been such a, a lot of work, but in the best way possible. And it's been, it's been so much fun. Well, it was really a pleasure to have you on. Yeah. Thank you so much, ladies. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad, they're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, okay. Which is okay. I visible know. on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, One Skin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like creppiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially 
a moisturizer, but it has their mm-hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here mm-hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving, that sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. I mean, that was one of those interviews where you feel like, oh, we could have talked to her for like three hours. Yeah. I would have. I would have hogged all of her time. Totally. And she also put up with a lot of technical difficulties on our end, which was... She did, which was so just uh, so appreciated. Yeah. yeah. That, that was a really, really... um It's always really... It's always really exciting, like as we say, how we are not experts. It's always really special when we do talk to experts you know what i mean like totally who is truly um a master and enjoys the like the play and the fun of beauty and skincare because i think that's something you and i both really enjoy yes 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 i agree Mm. also what a great podcast yes yeah if you haven't listened to the allure science of beauty podcast yet do yourself a favor. Yeah, it, it, it will it, it will do great on your playlist. Just feels like a perfect addition. Yep. Well, Dory, it's time to intench. We're here. We've got intentions. The question is, did we do our previous intentions? Because every week <laughs> we each set an intention. We do. Sometimes we do it and sometimes we don't. Sometimes we don't. Um, all right. So, Kate, how did, how is the stretching going? Oh, I didn't do it at all. I okay. did it once. I actually, that's not true. I did one day of like I exercised and then I stretched after, and I was like, well, mm, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like this vision I had, where like I'd get like right before bed, I'd like stand in my pajamas and just like do some really gentle stretches. I didn't do it. I didn't do it at all. I did nap a couple times this last week. Ooh, that sounds nice. So I stretched my sleeping muscles. 
<laughs> I see what you did. Yeah, there. I see that. But I didn't, you know, I didn't do it. I would like to. I did add, as mentioned in my the beginning of this episode, yoga to my weekly portion of my 2021 mission statement checklist. So Yes, you did. Maybe that, maybe that can kind of be a catch-all for the stretching of my body. And and this week, you know, my intention is just to like play around with this checklist idea and see if it works for me or see if it's a total boneheaded move. Okay. So here I go. Here you go. I look forward to getting the update. Oh, yeah. Well, well, get ready. Get ready. Next week, maybe. <laughs> well, you know, you mentioned that you shared your book manuscript with myself and another friend. So that was your intention last week was to finish working on your book. It was. Yes. 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 And I, and I did, I got, I like got through what I wanted to get through. I wanted to get it. I wanted to get my manuscript to a place where I wasn't embarrassed to send it to you and our other friend. (laughs) And I did that. And then this isn't my intention for this week, but a corollary to my last intention is that I now need to get it like I need to edit it again and get it to my editor. All right, here we go. Home so stretch, I'm working baby. on it. Home stretch, baby. <laughs> we sound like the B-52s. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then for this week, I am, you know, I'm not doing a checklist, but the Peloton app has all these like little challenges all the time where you can like earn badges. It's like very gamey, gamification-y, but I'm into it. And they have a January challenge where you work out every day. And it doesn't matter what you do. They have like five minute meditations and that counts as a workout. It's just, it's really just like do something where you're like moving your body or meditating or whatever. And so I'm doing that for January. Have you done your activity for today? I have not. I'm in my workout clothes, okay, okay. but I've not done my activity yet. Um, I'm planning on doing it after this recording, as a matter of fact. Oh, well, let's sign off so you can get to it. I mean, no press. We can stay on as long as we need. You've got an activity to complete. I do. It's true. It's true. Oh, well, that's a great intention. All right. So, so we're going to see in a week. If you've continued up with this or you're doing it right now. So if you've done one, you've done it all. Yeah. 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 It's true. Early, early congrats to you. Well, thank you so much, Kate. Appreciate that. Well, uh, Dory, it's a treat to be with you here in 2021. Always. And with you listeners, thank you for, for being there. Yep. And this is where we tell you that this show forever 35 is hosted and produced by Dory Shafrir and Kate Spencer and produced and edited by Sammy Junio and Sam Reed is our project manager and our network partner is ACAST. Bye. Bye.